0: for a while i I do want to make this a two-parter if possible because i think we have a lot to say so we got a lot of time yeah i mean there's just so
1: many things here honestly (laughs) like it it's it's the it's the contrast between what they're saying and what they're actually doing um it's also you know what irks me about this study is that it pretends to be trying to protect the Asian American community. It's trying to advocate for the Asian American community, but, and yet the anti-Asian hate crimes, the racial violence that our communities have been facing for the past two years, all of these attacks, um, and the, like the virulent racism that's that we've been seeing time and again, that is still happening. Like, I don't know about you, but I just get, you know, weary of looking at the headlines because we just see them continue to come out, you know, an attack that happened in, um, in, in Seattle. It's been happening in Seattle, um, definitely in New York and like coastal cities as well as just, you know, random places around the country. And it's little more than a footnote in their study. It's like a, it's like a, an aside, their entire study Even whenever it does acknowledge the anti Asian hate crimes, hones in on their fixation over the race of the supposed race of the attacker and the disinformation uh, around, you know, and arguing about the race of the attacker. I don't give a shit about the race of of the attackers. I, I give a shit that it's continuing to happen and there's been no. You know, large-scale practical solutions to actually stop this happening, but they don't seem concerned with that. They seem more concerned with the optics um, of what these communities that are actually on the ground, um, you know, how, how they're making the rest of us look, it, like from their ivory tower. And they, you know, you can tell they're they're never going to be personally affected by this because they just don't they they don't live in those areas um, they're, they're insulated, right? Like we said, but the, the folks who they're trying to speak for, they don't even care about protecting. And I just, it, it's so clear. Um, and that really is the biggest thing that bugs me about this study. Not the whole MRA thing, not the fact that I was, you know, essentially screenshotted and labeled as an MRA in there. Like that part is actually amusing, but the fact that they just don't clearly are not even addressing, what is really I think the most pressing issue in the Asian American community right now, which is, you know, fighting off the racial violence that our communities are facing. Um, They don't even go into that or talk about how we can, you know, what we can do to stop it. It's, it's a footnote and it's, it's kind of like maybe one sentence, whereas, you know, MRAs and misogyny, uh, you know, um, God, I can't even talk anymore. But just the misogyny, um, supposed misogyny of Asian American men um, takes up an entire page or several pages. Like, that to me tells me (laughs) their priorities are all wrong.
0: And it's like, okay, it's fine if you want to talk about Asian American uh, misogyny. I think we all agree that is a genuination. But okay, uh, what in what, how does that manifest itself in this? Like, uh, Pigs, you brought up the fact that they. Okay, so he- here's a great contrast. For all the talk uh, they say about you know, violence against Asians, not once is any victim, I mean, I may be mistaken, You know, I, I didn't like read every single th- page, but pretty sure there's no mention of any of the victims like the Atlanta murders or any of the other uh, victims of the various attacks on Asian Americans that have always been going on, but have been really highlighted in the last two years. No mention of that. But you know who is named, especially as victims? Celeste Ng, Jen Fang, fucking Eileen Huang uh, as, um, and this is in, in the, the MR Asian page as a victim. They even uh, named something like Sunni Lee, but I don't know if you ever read the NBC Asian American uh, article about her, uh, which is all about how uh, supposedly the Hmong community was so against her uh, for having a black boyfriend it was so obvious that the only reason they brought her up is so that they could go on and defend like basically elite Asian American women uh, being with white men. And again, it's like, it's never about, let's say say you're kind of like a a more struggling, lower class Asian American woman. And you know, you got to make ends meet uh, and your life's not that easy. And and you happen to like, you know, meet meet a white man. It's never really about that. It's always about like these upper class media class like Yale or Amherst or UCLA or whatever, these fucking schools educated women who want to basically live the lives of elite white women. And they're very pissed off that there's like a bunch of like, you know, small group of in the big scheme of things, small group on Reddit, like Asian identity has what about 50,000 people. That's not a big subreddit in the big scheme of things. Like big reddits have multiple millions of people. They're just so Pissed off that this small group makes them temporarily uncomfortable in their pursuit of the like elite white woman life. And that to them is um, the equivalent of making them the untouchables. And it's so fucking narcissistic. I mean, I think, I
2: think that, I I do think that there's a reason why, uh, you know, the striver mentality is rewarded. And that's how Michael Luo becomes you know uh you know has the job that he has you know
0: new yorker or whatever
2: yeah you know he gets a fancy job right and uh harvard guy you know goes around uh you know uh ticking off what models iphone he has in his burberry coat or whatever because i think that they are fundamentally aligned with the idea that you know in order to uh advance the interests of asian people that we've got to get better jobs, that we've got to climb the ladder to make our presence felt, and the last thing you want to do is have these unwashed Asians who don't aren't climbing the ladder, aren't playing the game. They're not players saying what they really think. And I think if you look at if you look closer towards the you know this at, towards the end of this document, you know it it, it starts. It, they have case studies in the end where they're like, "This is a successful model of of the kind of thing that we want to do," right? And uh, there's this one about um, the Tayo Project and the uh, Filipino Young Leaders Program, PhilPro. And if you look through it, um, this is like sort of like page 43 and on. Like, what are they talking about? They're talking about crafting culturally relevant narratives, right? Webinars used culturally relevant references to Filipino food and traditional social activities, providing basic information about media literacy and encouraging vaccine uptake. And then it, sorry, I am not anti-vax. I'm very pro-vax. But what I'm saying is that they were saying, like, we can overcome vaccine hesitancy through connecting to Filipino, you know, people about their food, about their whatever, which is, in that case, I I would support that. But I think it's also kind of like a wink-wink to say, look, we can deliver political messages by talking to them as if we were one of them, right? (sighs) And if if you look down... It's and it gets even creepier. It says um, uh, it says that you know by by having this uh, this 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 sort of like community engagement that Tayo was able to unlock the power not just of narrative for the purpose of disseminating that disseminating that narrative but also the collection of data and it, it's pretty it, it's pretty <laughs> interesting because they're pretty mindful of this. It said community data practices. Meanwhile. Uh, The conventional practices of gathering data on historically excluded communities must take into account the potential harms when data gathering is abused for purposes of surveillance by state agents and other unrelated actors uh, or other related actors. I'm like, this is getting close to like, hey, there's no silver in the ground right here. You know what I mean? This uneven distribution of risk puts the most vulnerable participation, uh, uh, vulnerable participants, perhaps result in an undercount of already marginalized groups. So they said, what we need is a different model. We need collaborations between academics and community organizations, which represent more ethical ways of doing the same thing, research and data collection, right? It's
1: just so like West, Western media talks about Chinese uh, state surveillance or whatever. And then they basically describe mm-hmm. the exact same things that that Facebook and Meta and um, Google and things are doing, all these tech giants in, in the U.S. Um, farming people's data. But it's it's bad when China does it. So it's basically the, the analogy to that. It's, it's, it's good because we're going to be the ones doing it and we'll make sure that we're doing it for a good cause.
2: Yeah, and I think even more, but I think there's a wink wink to it where it's kind of like if there was like a CIA, like uh, fucking startup, you know, fair or something, you know, and you go in and you're like, look, you want to collect, you, you, I would be like, you want to be collecting commu- uh, data on communities of color because that's where a lot of this dissident shit is. <laughs> but they're not just going to give you the information. They got to trust you before they give it up. <laughs> so what you need to do is you need to form. Community organizations that talk about stuff like Filipino food and stuff, you know, get them comfortable and then they'll start telling you what's going on. You see what I'm saying? I think this is, you know, I don't know. Like I, part of me wants to dismiss this as just like childish. But part of me is like, wait, they, they're, they're really selling a service here where they're like, no, Look, no it's not childish s- at all. There's, yeah, it's not. It's pretty sinister. There's 21 million Asians in this country. Do you know what they're up to? We do. We can help you with that. But, but, we, but they what, don't. Trust- That's
1: the funny thing is that it, in order to actually make this yeah. work, you have to be uh, plugged into uh, communities like this. You actually have to be part of the community. Uh, people like Frankie Kwong and, and Kimmy Yam are are not. You know, They, they can spy on each other. Um, they can continue <laughs> yeah. to lurk Twitter and, and screenshot my tweets, but they're not plugged into any Asian community uh, on the ground. Uh, they Not enough to get their trust to the level of this case study that they provided. I'm like, you actually right. have to be no, part no, of I the agree. community, yeah. and you're, you're, you guys are not. <laughs> you, you talk about how yes. misogynistic the community is.
2: It's, it's hard to throw like a big you know, Chinese-American festival where all of the activities are about, you know, bashing your, you know, sexist Chinese uncle, you know, <laughs> whatever. like, come on, come on, come on with something fun, you know, like, let's, let's, uh, let's do a no, cook-off. You know?
0: What may have been childish is, I don't know, maybe like 15 years ago on on a, you know, site like reappropriate or, or even like angry Asian man talking about this. And it, it was all just like very kind of low level stuff. No, now what we're seeing is the, the like alloy of that, to, uh, as I said, the the liberal surveillance state, and it is just like a small marble throw away for they label anybody any Asian American who uh, disagrees with them as an enemy of the state. Because as I said, it, it is so obvious what what they're going to eventually link up to is saying, look, all all this stuff it's fu- it's funded by like the CCP or or other uh, enemies of the state,
2: and um. Well, that's already happening at the at right, the macro right. level. Yeah. They're, they're. I think they're attuning to that. They're starting to realize, like, wait, there might be like a market for this stuff because our government has already taken the view. Like, if you look in, like, talk, you know, if you hear, listen to what people in the intelligence services say, they're open about it. They're like, yeah, pretty much all Chinese nationals are linked to, you know, Chinese MSS and are basically spies on tap. You know, doesn't it's an increasingly popular.
1: I I saw that study that Mm -hmm. was released not too long ago that said that the the. The notion that um, you know any Asian American, not just Chinese ethnic, but just any Asian American uh, might be more loyal to their ancestral country than to America, and that has been mm-hmm. you know we've seen an uptick in in that kind of thinking, which is yeah. I, I yeah. guess expected. You know we're we're in a pretty xenophobic time right now, and they're they're trying to capitalize on that, which is a little bit fucked up.
2: I
0: agree.
1: Just a little yeah.
0: bit. Well, there there is like one paragraph or so where they'll say, you know, it is this age old yellow peril thing about spying on or accusing, especially you know, scientists or other or, or you know, technology involved people as being Chinese spies. But you read this, you know that that is not the like the burning fire of, of their motivation for this. It is just a throwaway line that they put in, and it just just from the the natural. Next step of a report like this, as, as we've said here, is we got to surveil these mongoloids. They're not, you can't trust them. They come from a, a, a like, they, they come from a world where even if they're smart, their concept of democracy and freedom, they, they actually say this in a certain part. It, it's like, uh, you know, it's kind of twisted by their by their experiences. They might not understand it the way we do. We got to teach them Or, uh, you know, we may have to kind of contain them because they'll just never think like us. And we're the people to do it because we, we, you know, we went to the right schools. We hang out with the right people. We're associated uh, in all sorts of ways with you guys. We're one of you. We're the the good Asians. And, uh, you know, I think in the end, it's like, give us your money because this is, you're going to need it because these people are going to be a problem. As we go forward, and,
1: and I think that for the mainstream, you know, the democratic establishment of uh, you know mostly white liberals would probably buy that wholesale um, because of their ingrained you know xenophobia and anti Asian attitudes.
0: Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, I, I want to. Okay, so there's a part I want to get to where they say um, it's a section where you are talking about. Okay, so I'll read the little head header. Fourth and finally, these accounts are especially, and when they say these accounts, I think they're talking about all the harassers online herself, are especially vicious when attacking or rebutting fellow Asian American scholars, journalists, and politicians. Now, you would think that in a, in a pamphlet that talks about, you know, as I said, Indian farmers protesting, many of them getting hurt and killed, to e- even domestic issues that are very high stakes like, uh, you know personal safety and affirmative action you would think that's who they're talking about they're talking about like say the reporter in uh you know mumbai who is getting suppressed by some like modi thug or or some somebody who's like bravely standing up for uh you know affirmative action in, in the hotbed uh, let's let's say somewhere like um was it Virginia where Glenn Youngkin won, won won the election? Is that Maryland or Virginia? Virginia. Okay, Virginia. Virginia. But no, who do they name uh, in, in the citations? Lauren Ciracul, Kimmy Yam, Eileen Huang, Kylie Chung, Aaron Mack, Celeste Ng, Janelle Wong. It's like really these are the biggest uh, victims. You're you're saying so it's it's so just on one end you're you're talking about like real legit worldwide problems. On the other hand, you're talking about some petty uh, Asian American Twitter squabbles.
2: No, at this point, Chris, I would actually prefer them to focus on uh, stay stuck in 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 the swamp of you know online drama because nobody cares about that. But 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 when they start talking, and, and you know, like half of this thing is serious, and it's talking about the way that um, international uh, stories are are shaped. In or, or and told in America, especially ones involving Asia. I'm like, this is getting serious, you know. Like, if it, cause it's like really, really, nobody cares about you know the Amor Asian stuff. That, that's the thing, it's, it's not really gonna go, go anywhere. Like, maybe it's a little bit of a uh, you know, a psycholog- a psychograph of like you know, Asian American kids online or whatever, but nobody really cares. Um, but I do think that this is a disturbing. Evolution away from that almost. I mean, the fact that it's still in there, it to me shows that they're still like, you know, one foot stuck in the mud, but they're starting to see the power of like, you know, like maybe what they could be doing here. Um, on page 53, there's a thing called moving forward, which I think seems to be a summary of what they're proposing, what we need, right? And so they say the narratives raised in this report which demonstrate how tensions are sown within, across, and about Asian communities, also demonstrate the different ways people make political meaning out of Asian American identity. We need, I don't know who we is, but we, meaning like the State Department, the CIA, the Democratic National Party, and us, we need a multi-pronged strategy to build a political agenda for racial justice. Not to figure out what the agenda is, not to figure out what Asian people need and want and are demanding, but a strategy to build a political agenda for racial justice. Fact checking or platform takedowns are not enough. No, it's not, it's not enough just to fact check and take down entire platforms. What is needed are diverse skill sets of investigative research and journalism, creative and strategic communication, and intersector- intersectoral intersectoral community organizing to acknowledge and and now it gets into some kind of bullshit speak. But so you see what I'm saying? Like this is a sales pitch. This is saying like, we need this to me is the white paper or the pitch book for how the state goes about co-opting any potential Asian American or Asian dissident uh, uh, cells or, 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 other you know just hot spots of dissident thought and and, and, and threatening ideas or whatever we
1: need How a, do we extensive
2: infiltrate...
1: oh sorry no 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 go ahead I, I just I was kind of building on what you said just to summarize yeah, that, no, that, like we need resources yeah. and a surveillance technology to beat these guys into submission in a nutshell yeah.
2: that's you, what they're saying and you need us you need insiders. That 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 and, and this whole deck is to prove, you know, they have an appendix where like some of it's not half bad. They talk about the history of of of, you know, well, they talk about Yellow the model peril. minority myth, they talk about profession. Yeah. Right. So they're, they're like, look, we're versed in this stuff. We know how this stuff works, but we you need us to help you craft the political narrative. And this is totally anti-democratic, isn't it? I mean, this is the new political model. And we saw this happen to BLM. We saw BLM co-opted and turned into, uh, you know, something that was very different than what it started out as. And I think this is they're saying, like, we need to start thinking about Asians. They are a threat. Have you thought? Have you or have you seen what they're saying on Weibo? Because <laughs> you, you can't read Chinese, but we can. Have you seen what they're saying over in the right wing Vietnamese that, you know, the, the uh, you, you know that there are Vietnamese that are really anti-vax, you know, and don't don't like Democrats. So, th- you know, I don't know. I, I think actually th- the more they want to focus on people being mean on Twitter, I think that's the weekly li- that that's actually like the Frankie Huangs of the world doing us a favor by being the weak link and not <laughs> being serious about this because nobody yeah. in the CIA or the State Department gives a shit about a tweet saying Frankie Huang is uh, a sellout, you know, and there's all these Asian women chasing white dudes. People are like, yeah, we're not really we don't really care about that. Uh, (laughs) That's not really what we're after. We want to know if anyone out there is, you know, what are their thoughts about the Chinese Communist Party? What are their thoughts about the BJP? What are their thoughts about, you know, like that kind of stuff? And that's getting really scary. Because to me, I'm like, Now you're getting into really legitimate.
1: Well that's I think that's why they're trying to hitch that MR Asian thing to that wagon because it's something that really, you know, gets on their nerves and they'd like Mm. a like a systematic way to steamroll that once and for all, you know, and this is their best chance.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Precisely. It's because if you notice that Something I noticed is that all in the whole MR Asian section, all the many of the tweets that they screenshot actually have nothing to do with like WMAF. A lot of it has to do with calling out, for example, uh black on Asian violence or like like uh Picks. your tweet also has has really nothing to do with, you know, relationships between white men and Asian women, which you know is what they really care about. Right. Uh and I think it's because I think deep down they know that they put up a lot of those tweets. a lot of people see and be like, Hey, that's kind of funny. I actually kind of agree with that tweet and and they know they are like say like a they are the weak link in this whole thing. They know that they're the least serious they're they're the silliest bunch of of this of this group that does if you were say like like a you know somebody like a white governmental person. And you are looking to fund all these groups, and all, all, like these various uh, Asian American like Asian American coalition comes up to you, and the South Asians are saying, "Look, uh, we got we got these like like BJP uh, people uh, trying to infiltrate, uh, like this like Hindu nationalist nonsense into our into our country." You're like, oh shit, that that might be a that might be an issue, and you got some like Chinese, Beiswol uh, kind of people saying. Look, you, you, all these like Chinese internationals—they're they're like stealing our technology. Uh, you know, putting up like anti-Taiwan, anti-Hong Kong shit. Look, like, oh, that's a real problem. Then you get, you get like, a, like a Frank Huang saying, "Yeah, yeah, these like Planet guys are, are calling me out for my terrible uh, Zora article." <laughs> and he'll be like, "What?" So you know, they're, they're trying to just you know sneak in there with a the little like Trojan horse thing going on. So yeah, I, I think. Th- th- I think they're even within this thing they are hiding it like in in the Kimmy Yam tweet she led off by saying this study found that uh you know Asian misogynists are are like leading cause but really that section only makes up like two or three pages of a of a of a report that's like 60 pages so obviously to her that's that's what she cares most deeply about but even she yeah, must I, know. It's kind I, again, of silly. I, I
2: think by focusing on the MR Asian stuff is is actually sort of um, really reading into like the the weakest part and the the to me the least alarming part of it. But if you look at like say v- the section on Viet Fact Check, they're basically pitching Viet Fact Check as a service that should be used in conjunction with um, you know Facebook and Twitter, etc. As a way to de like to deplatform and to uh, censor content, the way you see on Twitter now, a lot of stuff is like hidden because it's been um, you know like ASB, for example, is like a fact-checking partner with Twitter, and they'll say that this is coming from a you know Chinese bot account or this is Chinese state-affiliated media when it's no such thing. Uh, And here they're talking about um, there's there's a guy named Noi. Uh, Noi Vu, who, aka the King Radio, who they say is like the Vietnamese version of Alex Jones. So they say, while Alex Jones was recently deplatformed from American social media, Viet Fact Check volunteers observed that the same mitigation was not happening for content in Vietnamese. So it's like, it's not good enough just to deplatform Alex Jones. What about the Vietnamese Alex Jones? Right? And so they're saying, use us. Like, Viet Fact Check, they they said Viet Fact Check was used uh, by John Oliver on HBO's Last Week Tonight when they covered misinformation crisis in Vietnamese and Spanish social media. And I mean, since then, then, YouTube you know, has shifted off. content moderated, uh, moderation uh, operations to detect and remove problematic content from people like the King Radio, Noi Vu. These banned... Con- so they're pr- they're saying, we got this guy banned. This guy banned. These banned content producers now tend to publish their message and attract smaller audiences... On platforms like Facebook Live, uh, which is an ephemeral platform that's significantly less content moderation protocols in place, meaning like, you know, we're smoking these guys out. Um. So I don't know. Like, I think that when I first saw this, now now that we've been talking about it, and I'm kind of making this realization as we go through it, is like, yeah, my intersection with this is probably because we did talk a lot about the stuff that has been labeled anti-feminist in our mirrors. But as you've seen, Chris. They have tried, and Celestine has tried this, and 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 a lot, and Aaron Mack has tried this, to escalate this into the larger, um, the the larger political. And it's a monster of a political uh, uh, issue or fight. Uh, is this stuff about incels and feminism and anti feminism and all this stuff? And honestly, people don't really just the Asian side of it compared to what's going on uh, in the rest of the country is just so. It honestly is really quite tame, if you ask me, because in other domains you're talking about like real fucking mass violence. You're talking about really really bad, uh, uh, be, you know, uh, abuse of power, uh, you know, by by men in in very high positions. You're talking about you know some really crazy fucked up shit. Nobody has time to talk about what's going on on Twitter and Reddit <laughs> by by some by some Asian people, you know, so. I have to say, when I first saw this, you know, people were raising my attention to the, you know, the page thirty and the Asian stuff, and I was like, ha ha. But now that I'm like looking, sort of like more across like other stuff that I don't really think about, like like misinformation in the Vietnamese community, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? This is this is definitely an example of the blue check Asian community or the main, you know, the the hopeful mainstream media uh fat, you know tiny little handful of mainstream media millennials who you know are are a little bit wiser and 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 uh more knowing about social media trying to say like look we got services to sell you you know and they are presenting asian americans as a potential source of dangerous disinformation that Asian Americans are fundamentally dangerous and you need the disinformation defense league <laughs> in conjunction with the National Council of Asian Pacific Americans meaning ones that have been vetted for patriotism like you need us to watch these people everywhere that they are and that's fucking disturbing but that is what they're doing and and now I'm now I'm more disturbed than when we started this podcast <laughs>
1: I, I just want to point out something about the MRA thing, right? Because you 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 said, teen, that the whole MRA is just like a, it's like a nothing burger compared to all these other issues that they're bringing up, and and I agree with you. It's that's that's objectively true, but I don't want to make it look or sound like we're downplaying um, the whole notion of MRA or uh, the men's rights activism, which really started as a subreddit of mostly white guys. Complaining about their girlfriends, complaining about their uh, female bosses, female coworkers, or whatever, or making sweeping statements about women, and and that the MRA is a real thing. I mean, it's a it's a it was a pretty big community, but that community was not. And what they what they're doing is they're they're taking that and they've racialized it. They've racialized it to be specific to Asian American men. They're kind of. Stringing that in to all of you know their their study about all these other things, um, but I think that's what bothers me the most is that the the actual you know what you and I would think of as quote unquote MRAsian is just like a fraction of a fraction, but they're attributing this whole movement of of MRA men's rights activism to this tiny group of 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 men, um, and and making it um, specifically racializing it to um, Asian culture. That's, that's what really irks me.
2: Um, They're doing that. And then they're, so they're, I think they do that because they're, they're basically saying like, you won't be able to understand this without our expertise because this is, you know, this is a, like you said, racialized, you need someone to decode it for you. Therefore I'm necessary. And number two, that this is a threat. This is a major threat that, You know, you got to think about like, this is a this is a real political threat. And so everything is amplified and hysteric. There's a lot of hysteria about this. And I, I feel like historically, that is what has always presented itself as the greatest danger for Asian people in America is when people get hysterical about us. And start to you know start to view us as an invasive species like this little lantern fly that's going around New York City where they're like when you see one kill one okay when Wait, you what? see one kill one <laughs> Wait, and
0: what s- lantern, lantern fly?
2: fly I never heard about this yeah if you watch this this is it you like a
0: fly or something
2: it's like a spotted lantern fly you can look it up later but is spreading Ebola no it's it's this thing where like. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Like the government's basically saying, if "You kill these, you got to kill these things because it's going to, you know, it's going to destroy everything." And and recently they've been saying, "Man, maybe we were overstating it. Actually, these lantern flies aren't quite as bad as we thought." But I mean, I think that you know, this is a really fucked up report that they did um, because, like, consistent with what Pick said, it is taking um, it is it is racializing us into a... Ra- it, there's making Asian people in America. Fundamentally packaging us up as a racialized threat to literally like the stability of the United States, like they're driving in that direction, and it's just fucking nefarious. And that is exactly this is exactly comprador behavior. This is exactly this is them. Like the more that the state and its and the state apparatus get alarmed by the presence of Asian people in America, particularly ones that are not you know, Andy Kim type, you know, suck-ups, you know, centrist liberal suck-ups to the Democratic Party who are completely cap, you know, mind captured. Um, the the presence of independent-minded Asian people who have their own interests and look after their own interests in America is seen as a existential threat to like literally national security. And it's just it's mind when I look at it, I'm like, why are you guys talking about uh at all about internment are you guys saying that the next time we do this we can't make it so obvious or like what like what what is this because i feel like fundamentally the people who put this damn thing together are 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 number one racializing the threat epic said and then number two in like exaggerating the threat pushing this into the realm of hysteria and that has always been where we get into trouble you know, so I think this is a very, very, very fucked up and dangerous document. And I I'm, I hope that more people with media cred likely fang and 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 pull with with, um, you know, like a JCK or West. I hope they jump all over this and just and just gut it for what it is, because it's bullshit and it's dangerous. Hey, hey maybe we got to do
0: it. Uh, but yeah, there's a part I, I think we actually read it uh before where, where they said pro Asian. And it wasn't even there was no even like quotation marks around there or something. They just said it like a pejorative. Now I, I don't I don't think that let's say if you were another minority group, they said other oh, it's um
1: pro Latino, like oh la no, la raza,
0: yeah, if like la raza pro-black. is pro Latino <laughs> or end up pro black, that it would be said as something the equivalent of like say pro white, but with Asian, it was just a given. Oh, they, that's they didn't absolutely even explain how it. they
1: positioned it, and and once again, you have this sort of you know this false equivalence and this weird adoption of this surrogate white guilt in in the boba liberal group here, where you know as an Asian you feel like you have this um, sort of sort of white privilege, or that you occupy the same you know so, um, socio economic you know, space of privilege, uh, because of your adjacency and you have to feel bad about that. So being pro Asian is, is bad. Being a quote unquote Asian supremacist is bad. You guys have heard, you've seen that term, right? Asian supremacist, um, Han supremacist. That's,
0: that's the word they love. Yeah.
1: it's it there's there's no there's no basis for that there's no factual basis for that but they're turning that into the the sort of you know walmart version of white supremacy but in the within the asian (laughs) community and it's complete bullshit um i don't they they continue to push this and i i have a whole theory about this i don't even want to you know get into because i feel like it will just take up a lot of time, but it, it has a lot to do with the fact that these women are partnered up with white white liberals because these are the this is the kind of mindset you start to adopt whenever you um, you spend a lot of time in those circles that you're in a place of privilege you need to feel that you need to share in this burden of white guilt with us um, and and so whenever I'm you know that a lot of the time, whenever I call out like the the pairing of the boba liberal with white lib, it's it's not because I'm an MR Asian obsessed with WMAF or what what have you. It's, I'm pointing out the dynamic that exists as a result of that pairing. Um, it's it's not just the race, but it's also their politics. It's the fact that they're both fucking liberal, uh, and within the the liberal group within the U.S., there's a very deeply rooted um, anti-Asianism and kind of Orientalism that has not been addressed because they don't have the same guilt around that as they w- might have with with other uh, minority groups. Uh, being anti-Asian has never really had much consequence or triggered white guilt. Therefore, it, it goes unchecked a lot of the time.
0: Yeah. To, yeah. Well said. To the extent that white, adjac- white adjacency exists in Asian America... No group has it more than like a, like Ivy or equivalent educated media class Asian partner with a white person, male or female. You know, it's like men, if you're an Asian man, you're a white woman, same goes for you. And it's the, but it's this exact class of people who then throw that accusation often at either just a kind of like, you know, average middle-class or even like working-class Asians. And accuse, like, say, you know, the the struggling uh, Asian kid whose real only hope of climbing the social ladder is to get into a top college or or even just like like a top like magnet school type high school, and accuse them of white adjacency when they themselves, the people labeling uh, throwing those accusations, have already gone to those schools, have already made it into their elite social. It's so disgusting, and I think more and more young Asian Americans are seeing this. And I think that is another part of this freak out among this crowd, which uh, I, I w- I'm not proud to say is I think mostly of my generation. Picks I don't know how old you are, but I'm a, I'm 34, solidly millennial. I think there's a very millennialist uh, Asian American mindset, this idea of, oh, if we just... Because it's like the older Asian Americans were maybe a little bit more conservative, like, oh, we, we got to assimilate into this either middle of the road or, or kind of more conservative Mainstream America, I think the millennialist version was, no, we gotta assimilate into liberal uh America. And I think it's them realizing that oh fuck, we're we're kind of getting left behind. I, I I think we are no longer in vogue. Our way of thinking is being exposed uh every day. So now they're they're getting more histrionic with this open alliance with what is. Uh, an increasingly distrusted apparatus, which is you know just like government, or or more specifically uh, at this time, the the kind of democratic
2: government, the democratic which is establishment, in power.
1: yeah,
2: right, yeah. Which to me, honestly, like, and and we have we have listeners who um, you know have said to me that you know they want to hear more about the WMAF thing, and others that said, "God, it's you know it's too much." I think for me, like personally my view on this is like my my main issue with it was the idea that an Asian/ slash white regardless of gender but obviously the 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 preponderances WMAf that that provided this cover story that that, they, that there was that was an inherently progressive pairing and that there was a lot of political information in there and that oh this could not you know people in an interracial relationship could not have you know racist or fucked up thoughts and i think that is long gone at least with respect to the white and asian pairing i don't think people view that as uh somehow an inherently enlightened pairing now is it inherently fucked up i don't think so i don't know i don't really care at this point because i don't know i just feel like as long as we just do do like dispose of discard this cover story that you know, this is somehow just inherently good uh, versus, like, let's. I think the ideal should be it's just sort of neutral. It doesn't really say anything, then I'm fine with it.
1: Yeah, I, I stay away I from I race essentialism really when we're talking about you know interracial uh, partnerings of of any kind. So I mean, you know, inherently, there's there's nothing wrong with any race, you know, partnering up with any other race uh, or interracial anything right but we see we see patterns uh, and and not just with race but with class um, and we pointed this out already you know upper middle class liberal very insul- insulated um, circles and usually you know white plus Asian and most most of them are a Asian American woman paired up with a you know a white male. And whenever they're, you know, leaning liberal, it's this whole dynamic uh, that comes into play. That it's really different from if they're in a conservative circle. Uh, their politics, you know, really influence like the way they deal with all of this, this weird um, racial dynamic that goes on. And so
2: you it, tweeted about this. Yeah. yeah, can you can about how like I think you said one for for liberals they perform white guilt and for conservatives they mimic white supremacy or something like that was that was yeah that you, so i mean like the were, you know
1: conservative leaning you know asian kind of and and I I, I want to say in, in both instances, um, assimilation, this assimilationism is a really big part of it comes into play. So if you're really assimilationist and you want to be a good American, that means something different if you're, uh, you know, bleeding conservative versus if you're a bleeding heart liberal, right? If you're a conservative, you know, with the Republican politics that we know today, you know, you're going to keep your head down, you're going to be a good American, you're going to, you know, not rock the boat. Um, you're going to, you know, kind of help, you know, insulate these uh, white communities against all the other scary minorities. And you're going to be the, the model minority, you're going to be the good American and play by the rules. Uh, and then you're going to be basically how they can show you know, everybody else um, that, hey, we're, we're not so bad, because look, look how good these Asians have it. And so, I mean, that's, that's what we see, right? That's what the, that's what Boba liberals have this super like strong knee jerk reaction to whenever they see that anywhere. Um, and so on yeah. the other yeah. side of the coin, you see them extensively modeling this, this white liberal guilt that, Oh my gosh, look how terrible this, you know, we, we are, we're basically the same as you. We're, we're racist just like you. We have to feel bad about that. Um, and this, this actually is reinforced by the fact that a lot of these, these folks isolate themselves from the Asian community. And so like the, the more um, isolated they get from the community, they really know nothing about their own community other than what's been filtered through this lens of, 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 you know, however, like white society sees these um, Asian communities and other minority communities. So you start seeing it through that lens. And so you start adopting and mimicking these behaviors and mimicking this, this, this liberal guilt that you feel. Because in, from your perspective, you know, you're not, um, you're not Latino, you're not black, you're not native, you're not any of these other um, communities that get highlighted you know, for the, the different um, struggles that they're facing. No, you're, but you're actually, you're not white either. You're just a proxy white. So you have this place of privilege. Or you're not quite a minority. And you're not quite white, but you still have to share in this guilt. And it's, it's, it's also reinforced by, um, you know, your, your partner, who is a liberal who wants to feel like they're they're not really racist, and of course is going to use your your partnership to uh, prove that. Um, and you you've seen it a lot with uh, you know like neoliberals like that oh, that one YouTuber who basically um, went off on Twitter about his Asian wife and how that we can cure racism by just uh, race mixing more. Yeah, you know, they they what
0: well, I mean like. I, I think that fits a lot of potential people, so I, you gotta be a bit more specific <laughs> than that.
1: It was a uh, it was a YouTuber called Linus Tech Tips, and and he really should just stick to oh, talking about guy, uh, yeah. tech tech stuff on YouTube because that's oh, his he forte. Said that? But yeah, he is, went is it, on to said that guy? race mixing can cure racism, and he like listed oh, his God. Asian Asian wife as as evidence of that. And wow. it was very cringe. Yeah, and he's supposed to be the uh, progressive uh liberal guy i don't know um
2: neil brennan neil Neil brennan said that before um the comedian he said that to get rid of racism we need to get rid of race and that means we gotta fuck women of all different colors and then he said i called dibs on the asians
0: well i guess he's (laughs) also a comedian but i think i've said this on a pod before have you guys ever seen the movie 13
2: with evan rachel wood yeah i think i have okay yeah. there's a
0: part where she is uh, all hopped up on whippets and she says the same thing but the movie portrays it as her being like a dumb high fuck but these guys are saying it for real so i mean that just shows you the, the level of uh and that movie was like made in like the early 2000s so even back <laughs> yeah. then there's like okay this is cringe uh stupid teenage it should girl only ever be said as she's a high joke she's
1: not even because it's a terrible yeah.
2: joke but yeah. so that's very in character for Linus. He he there is a sort I was not surprised at all when I heard he had a Asian wife. I was like, yeah, he's kind of Asian wife guy. He's just got that
1: <laughs> He has an Asian he's just wife got guy that, vibe.
2: You know,
0: Linus, he's now, that's that's a terrible name. Yeah, Only one just, person should be named Linus, the guy from Peanuts.
2: He's got that like sort of weeaboo uh adjacent kind of personality going on there. And I'm like, yeah, that just makes sense for him. Just Makes sense. But anyway, um, I, I, th- I think we're approaching the twilight of this great pod.
0: I, I do want to bring up something. Teen, you mentioned something about, you know, Asians jumping on the bus when it's too late. Have you guys ever seen the movie The Sweet Hereafter?
1: No, never seen not. it.
0: OK, so it's this Canadian movie about this town somewhere like northern Canada where a, a, it's a small town and there's a school bus of like basically there's only one school and, and there's a the bus that takes all the kids to school. It skids off the highway. Goes on ice and and sinks through, and all the kids die. Uh, cheery movie, I know, but I'm just thinking of the bus. It's it's at the bottom of the lake, and now we're trying to get on the bus with this disinformation this, this stuff. When teen, when you brought up the bus imagery, that's the first thing I thought of.
2: Yeah, though I wouldn't sleep on it. I mean, I, I do think that there is. Um... You know, if they got their shit like if they were just more honest about what they were doing, I, I feel like they're kind of like flirting with the idea, or they're moving to in that direction. I don't know if elements of the government of the state or or whatever had encouraged them to do this, or or they were you know in some in way indirectly encouraged to move in this direction. I fully think they did. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. You know, but I do think that they're. This is not the first. Uh, this is not this will not be the last that we hear of this or, oh, no, or maybe no, next I... time it doesn't even surface in public again but like i i do think that there will be an increasing amount of interest in surveilling um in surveilling like asian language uh social media and 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 and, and we will begin moving in this direction of viewing asian people in america as potential locust you know Hotspots of dissident, you know, ant, you know, um, anti-American activity, uh, especially if it's not taking place in English, and that is going to be a very—I can see that becoming a big issue going forward. And um, yeah, I'm disturbed. I gotta say, <laughs> I'm pretty disturbed by the by the notion that. But on the other hand, I already assume that that's going on. But now we're starting to see that maybe these people are like, wait, maybe these are job opportunities for us because they need jobs because no one's listening to their shit. Otherwise, no one's no one's becoming a Joy Sauce VIP member. OK, no. <laughs>
0: what? We, we got to do an episode, a deep dive into Joy Sauce. I've only like kind it's of awful, um, dude.
2: it's so bad. Picks, do you know what yeah. Joy Sauce is? I,
1: I have. I've Unfortunately, I do know what it is and I have seen it. Yeah. Uh, it awful name. And I, I, the marketing just seems really ham-fisted and, and not very good. At-
0: it, it's, I mean, team, based on the thing you, you uh, sent, what was it? The, um, the Lotus Sky. Sky. Lo- S- yeah. Sky Lotus or whatever. It, it is very, uh, pr- like, it does seem like parody. It's not just boring. It, it does seem like going the extra mile to seem extra
2: ridiculous. To be like something that someone cooked up. Uh, like on Portlandia. Like, yeah. Like I was Asian like, this, is, this a, is this a real person that you're interviewing or is this someone doing a bit? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, just yeah. so crazy. So. I just, but, I just anyway, looked at their
1: what- uh, uh, Twitter account and they, they have like um, way more people that they're following than actual followers, which is kind of cringe to me because they, they did that tactic where you follow a whole bunch of people and hope they follow you back.
0: <laughs> that's, that's not good for a supposedly like VC backed um media operation which they are but teen going back to what you said about this being kind of like a dark foreboding of what to come i i do th- okay so our our, our friend kyle uh, also known as what what's his name on twitter like big hoagie, beef hoagie. Beef hoagie. something beef hoagie yeah uh, yeah he uh he screenshotted something that jen feng tweeted saying it's like this is a freaking big deal, y'all. Like all these um, Asian American activist groups have come together, put this report together, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, first of all, no, no one's gonna read it. So it's not, it's not that big a deal. But I do agree with her in an indirect way. Yeah, it is a big deal. Cause I think it is, if you ever thought that there was any chance of like reconciliation with these people, this report shows you no. The lines are very clearly drawn, the, the, the logical path down. As we've said on this pod, is they will label you an enemy of the state. That is, yeah, the, they, the that's what either, they're doing. Either knowingly or unknowingly, have done. Uh, given their general level of intelligence, I think they they're probably kind of stumbling onto it. I don't think it's like part of some evil plan. But that is, the, the they're being set They're on. being
2: encouraged by the state. They, they they definitely have. You know, this is this is this is on the radar of institutional of state institutions for sure like they, right. they want to infiltrate social media that's du- that's conducted in foreign languages for sure and they they and when they talk about disinformation where was this disinformation coming from is it foreign disinformation that's leading asian americans astray no it's disinformation coming from asian people in america it is it is saying that this is coming from you know, like threats, Asian American threats.
1: I think that enemies they, of the they, state. They sort of, they sort of imply that it's a kind of a organizational threat, if not a governmental threat. But they never specify which government. I think their their use of the word disinformation kind of implies that it's like a governmental organization uh, coordinating all of this. And we know it's obvious. That's obviously bullshit. But. I think they would be just fine if their audience uh, you know thought that it that's what it might be behind all of this because it, it, within yeah, throughout the happy, report they they see they, they talk about communism and the the Chinese communist party like in several places
2: Yeah. They'll say that or they'll or or they'll try to draw these parallels between um you know Asian Reddit and and whatever with uh or the donald and other maga type hives of populist fascist sentiment and uh say hey you got you got asian you know asians can be any threat you want you 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 fear anything that worries you anything you know hey we can put an asian face on that for you asian maga we got that asian spies we got that asian right wingers we got that why not you know what what do you want you know and we'll, we'll spy on them for you. This is so <laughs> fucked up. This is so fucked up. They want to narc on Asian people and, and they want to, they want to exaggerate the threat to specifically to drive up demand for their narc services. That's what they'll do. That's what they'll do. This is how sick this is. Ugh, I'm sickened.
1: I'm really glad that we actually talked through this and that, doing this podcast kind of forced me to actually read through the article because it it was um, I don't think I would have read it otherwise. But now that I've read it, I, I really see that um, it's it's so much more than just the, this pettiness um, and there's really this sinister aspect to it. I, I think I think anybody who kind of cares about uh, you know this this discourse in within the Asian American community, they, they definitely need to know this uh, and who all is actually connected to it. Because it's a lot. It's a lot of people.
2: I said the upside to this, Chris, uh, is that I think this is going to require. This is this is a moment in evolution, right? This is when the full, you know, I think Asian Americans or Asian America or whatever you want to call it is finally, you know, hitting puberty and becoming a grown-up racial minority with this kind of shit, where you have a true fucking narc contingent. A true compador <laughs> class with a state that is actually paying attention to you and worried about you. And now we've got to go full, you know, we we're coming, we're this is full shit. This is full full circle. So now I think like this kind of has to this elevates the game, you know. Like to me, it's like the the stakes have been raised and 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 the issues you know the Asian American issues, quote, are are being they're being galvanized with like the bigger issues that are going on in America. Asian American issues are no longer just niche issues. Like these are now mainstream issues. We're paralleling the rest of the country. Th- th- what's happening now is what's happening to America generally and it's happening to us and it's being racialized and targeted at us. There's a special version of it made for us. Yeah. Which is why so, I think um this is called this, this is, is a this is true assimilation is when you get everyone else's problems.
0: Yeah. And I think this is ultimately uh, gonna backfire on, on this crowd. And when, when I say this crowd, I mean specifically like the type of, you know, second generation, uh, yellow Asian Americans who are only mainly interested in in the, the whole MR Asian section. I can't really speak for the parts that, you know, talk about the South Asian stuff or even the Southeast Asian stuff um, because those seem more legit than that stuff. But, cause before the, the best tactic that they ever used was to make this seem very isolated uh, with respect to like the, the yellow second generation Asian American gender stuff is to, uh, to isolate uh, the, the Asian American guys, especially saying like you, you guys are the only people who can't make it in this great diverse liberal Asian America. But now by hitching their wagon onto this admittedly like bigger uh, stage where you're now talking about disinformation which is you know supposedly this this fight against global fascism or whatever you're now bringing it to the 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 big stadium you're no longer playing in like the community center you're not playing in the big arena which is why someone like Li Fang who is uh, you know Asian
2: but you know he would never could you imagine him engaging with something but with Li like... Himself, but Li Fang is still himself. But Lee Feng is not like a powerful voice. I mean, he's powerful relative to, you know, Asian Twitter, you know, on but, average. But my point but is, he's, 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 he's not, not, not related
0: deal. to Asian Twitter at all. He is a guy who is, you know, is like, he started off in, I think, with the whole like Bernie crowd. He's now very fixated on uh, this kind of like woke stuff and, and all that. But... To him, getting involved with, like, this stupid Asian America bullshit, uh, NBC Asian America bullshit, I mean, is now you're drawing in people that these people, I think, are very ill-equipped to deal with. Because the only time that they can ever grow a backbone is when they're talking down to Asians. But But when you bring in people outside of that group... Uh, they start shrinking like violets. Yeah,
1: it's true. He's he's your garden variety conservative and has a conservative, you know, non Asian following, like pretty big one.
0: Exactly. Uh, so w- when let's say it's like I don't know, um, uh, I don't know, like a like a Doug Kim or <laughs> like, uh, uh Genghis Bra uh, uh, attacking <laughs> these uh, uh if you like Gen when they're attacking you, you feel big, you you feel strong or or whatever. But when you get these people outside of that group, even if they are Asian, like like a Lee Fang type. You mean people with I, a real
2: job in media?
0: Exactly. I, I think they then they they get very differential or quiet. And I'm I'm very, as I said early on this pod, they're going to get more allies, but they're going to get a lot more enemies too. And I, I think for a lot of Asian Americans who really hated this, I don't know what you call them, the blue check crowd or whatever, and, and who have really dominated the conversation for like the last generation or so, I think it's it's a great chance for get to get them out of the open, to to stop get them out of their uh, you know policing this little chokehold, which is very easy to defend, and get them out into the open.
2: Yeah, fine, but if they're if they're having meetings, closed door meetings, uh, you know, with with Meta and with Twitter and whatever, to start implementing uh, uh, censorship policies, who cares what Li Fang says? You know what I mean? Right, like, but that's my least, fear. It's like,
0: but at least I think it's a more um, I don't know what the word right is honorable or dignified fight than like squabbling in like yeah that's Asian what I mean I think stuff. we're
2: evolving to something real here the stakes yeah, are so being l- raised like, let's let's get it out there Let, let's have a real
0: fight then instead of being ashamed of our own issues and be like no we're actually part of this bigger fight and yeah we're gonna face a bigger enemy but we we got friends too so
2: that's what I'm looking forward to yeah well good because you know, I think that these are worthy topics because. This, this just to see people coming out and just openly saying we need more surveillance openly saying we need to make people comfortable with the data collectors who are going to collect your data uh, so we can you know so we can you know we can sidestep their their healthy suspicion of that activity you know to openly say that we need to, regardless of truth, identify what we consider disinformation. You know, for them to just openly say these things, I don't really care even like what the topics are like or what the issues are, but the fact that they even frame the document in those terms is like, you people are fucking disturbing. You know, like you're the enemy now because you don't have a you don't have any sense of like oh maybe we shouldn't even maybe we should hide this. They're like no, we'll just openly say. disinformation has nothing to do with truth it has everything to do with whether it's politically convenient you know you're just like jesus christ how much how much higher can you raise your hand when you know the headmaster asked for like volunteers to be stooges you know
1: yeah i just <laughs> jesus think that that's the, the most it's just pathetic uh, the most um revealing part is how little they talked about the actual issues that are happening on the ground the, these attacks that continue yeah. to happen they they, they want yeah. you to to spend all your money and resources policing how we talk about them not not yeah. into helping the the asian women and elders being attacked but policing how we're actually talking about them that's that's the it that's what's really important
2: um it, their dream is for the State Department to set up a Department of Asian American Affairs to to do Asian specific targeted propaganda operations. That's their they, dream. They,
0: no, they basically want to, they want to make the uh, Asian American subreddit into real life. Ban all the all the users that make them slightly uncomfortable and just just whittle it down into this thing
2: that that makes it's all about their lifestyle you know makes, yeah they makes want their institutional backing for it they want that to be an important mission for the for the for for someone of meaning whether it's a a, a twitter or a or a government uh agency i mean they they, they have ambitions here and it's their creepy ass ambitions <laughs> You know, they're creepy fucking people. They're sp- they're, they're 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 stoogy. <laughs> they're, weird. Little they're, they're,
1: they're super fucking weird. They're they're, f-
2: they're fucking weird, man. <laughs> you know, and they they hate their own people so much because they've been yelled at and made fun of on Twitter and bullied and shit that they're like, yo, I'm going to uh, you know what? I think I might do everything I can to land some of you motherfuckers in jail. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like they want they want people showing up. At like the Our Asian Identity Headquarters, <laughs> fucking Mar-a-Lago style, you know, fucking FBI agents with their AR-15s out. Just We're not even going to tell you what we're searching for. We're looking for the posts, you know, or we're, we're looking for the DMs. It's just fucking creepy, man. Super fucking creepy. I hate these people. Anyway.
0: Remember when those, um, I think there were uh, Elizabeth Warren fans who complained that they were getting snake emojis sent to them. <laughs> I re- and I also remember th- this wasn't li- uh, related to Warren. there was like a whole like corn cob thing. I forget what that was about, but I think uh, certain online users would send uh, the corn emoji to people they didn't like and They cited that as basically like a hate crime. It's it, They're all part of the same, So they're just the yellow version of, of the same people. And they're all part of the same party. Like literally they're all part of like the, the mainstream Democrats. And whether they'll admit it or not, uh, I, I think they'll, they'll put up a front about, oh, we're actually these radical leftists. But it's like, where are you getting your funding from? You're, and you're lockstep with exactly. these people. Like, stop, stop fooling yourself.
2: The only bright spot to this whole thing was, were the Indian, the people who covered all the Indian issues. Because they're they're clueless, like they they don't understand that they're doing a CIA pitch book. So they're like, technology companies were fully complicit in the censorship of these protests, and I'm like, yeah, they're they're happy about that, actually. <laughs> like you're not. That's not a problem. They were happy about that. So unless your pitch book is saying like they were fully complicit in the censorship, and we think that's a good thing, I'm like, yo, I think the Indian contingent of this group is actually fairly based. <laughs>
1: They're legitimate. And they're heard, fighting a good. They're fight. They're legit,
2: and I, they're fighting the good fight, and I hope they take over this project away from the uh, East Asian contingent or whatever that's driving this nonsense. Yeah. And th- so, that's not good, to good say job. there
0: aren't worthy East Asian uh, groups that could
2: replace these people, but y- y- like, like, oh, they'd be, it'd be, it'd be way too. I mean, it would be, it would be like the equivalent would be like. You know um, the you know they' they're really like they're really uh, technology companies are censoring posts from Chinese state affiliated media it's all fucked up and I'd be like dude that's not the way to pitch okay like, you know yeah I mean there's an East Asian
0: uh, contingent that cited uh, Eileen Huang as a prominent uh, representative I mean th- that tells you everything and, and listen to this uh, this is what uh, I wanted to get to this at the end uh, what we need healing justice. And uh, things they say, we need to coordinate and research trauma-informed practices as part of this work. Uh, For example, this may include finding ways to prevent and address burnout and to shift the palpable fear, stress, and anxiety in our communities. What the hell does that mean? Like, how do you do that? It doesn't mean anything. And it's not meant to mean anything. If they actually had any uh, guts, they would say something like, hey, you know what? This, uh, you know, students for fair admissions versus Harvard, Thing is bullshit. This is how we're going to fight it. Fund this organization. This is our legal argument. They would actually have a plan, but it's all this developing practices for intentional relationship building. What the hell does that mean? What do you mean?
2: Why would you build a relationship without an intent? What but, is but, this? No, because, because, here's the thing, though. I do think at this stage in the game that that is not stupidity. That's, that's just throwing chum in the water to throw off all the clueless people and yeah, get them sure. distracted and to fight because they, oh, because they know people are going to be like. Either some people are going to be like, mm, "I really like the sound of that," and other people are like, "What does this mean?" And it's it doesn't. It's there as just pure distraction, and yeah. and I think that that that's just trying to sort of like disguise the reality of what's going on here, and 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 this is just a lot of like distractions, deflections. I think a lot of the puffery that you see around that, you know, just the frustratingly like meaningless, vacuous, puffery like that you were just citing there is really just it's really meant to disguise and and we are definitely see you know, I think the peop the people who are a little bit more conspiratorially minded are able to decode what's going on in this fucking thing and be like, I think they want to spy on us. Well yeah,
0: because they <laughs> they can't be honest about the real call to action. So they gotta put the yes, vaguest, they've gotta, most they've well, they've gotta, gotta they gotta have it. something. You gotta end the narrative in some way, but you can't be honest about it. You can't be like, hey, uh, you know, Meta, why don't you give us funding? You you want to, you know, take over the the WeChat users or, hey, you know, the State Department, uh, these people, uh, they might be Chinese spies or whatever. <laughs> they can't actually say that, but they also can't put nothing at the end or people will be like, well, what the hell was this all about? <laughs> so they're like, okay, let, let, let's just put the Vegas thing so that anybody, uh, burnout, burnout, He's like, what the hell? Burnout. This isn't about <laughs> like a study group where you just cram for an exam. Like, the levels of uh, just bipolar seriousness in this thing is, is J- just, just so ima- J-
2: Just imagine if you took the people behind this pro- this thing, and you were working at um, you know like Twitter, and then you're like, yo, we're gonna have a representative from this the the government, the U.S. government here. We're gonna do a closed door meeting. This is all going to be done under non disclosure agreements that you're going to sign, so nothing leaves the room. This is going to be totally secret, uh, top secret, and we're going to talk real business. And then, what is that? What is that slide deck going to look like? That's what I'm curious about because if, like, there's no more need to like with the bullshit. I, I think a lot of the bullshit goes away. I don't. I think that the plausible deniability level goes down. And I think that they get more to the point. And I would be very curious what they would pitch then, if it was if it wasn't publicly accessible. Well, you that'd know?
0: be quite juicy. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. and I think that that would be a lot more fucking disturbing. Uh, you know.
1: Well, guys, it's been this has been great, and I do unfortunately have to drop off um, here in a bit. Uh,
2: it, no, it's, it's, it's good. a good time.
0: This is a good time, to, a good time that, to go. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were headed to our first ever three parter, so <laughs> it's good you.
1: Can I can I plug can I plug something real quick before I go? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because because this this study and whenever this was passed around and all of the the usual suspects uh, Twitter accounts and they really heavily promoted it. um, They also kind of passed around the hat like hey hey here's who you donate to if you want to support more things like this, and if you know anybody listening actually wants to support a grassroots. You know, organization actually doing practical things to help protect the Asian uh, women and elderly uh, who are most vulnerable to these sorts of attacks. Um, ch- go check out Dragon Combat Club. They're on Twitter. They're on Instagram. Um, they're doing great things. They were on the pod once. Yeah. They were on your yeah, we had Yeah, we had them
2: on the pod. Yep. Drag, yeah, 10. Yep.
1: And, and um, yep. they're great. And they, they gave me free uh, self-defense lessons and equipped me with oh, uh, nice. pepper spray and th- those yes. are the practical solutions that we need in the middle of all of this bullshit, while people are arguing back and forth about uh, things that don't really help the community in, in a practical way. So go check them out.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, really cool. I, I took some uh, of the of their like Zoom based uh, Zoom based martial arts classes. It's pretty fun. My wife and I do them by Zoom, uh, and I think they're going to do some more in person stuff. So. It was really neat.
1: Yeah, it's great. They're in New York, and but they, you know, they conduct their their Zoom classes everywhere. So I was in Seattle, and I took it, and it definitely helped me.
2: Awesome,
0: very good to hear. All right,
2: lead us right. out, Chris. Uh,
0: yeah, listeners, thank you for joining us. Uh, this was a, a longer episode, but I think this is a very worthy topic. And I don't know. There's something about the end of summer slash September that just brings out. Uh, Asian-American drama. It was around this time last year when uh, the failed attempt to cancel Simu Liu happened. It was like mid-September, I believe, because Shang-Chi came out at the end of August. Uh, And that's also when the Slate uh, MR Asian article came out, which was great for us because it gave us grist for the mill for at least uh, several weeks. So who knows what's in the pipeline? I I don't know. I think maybe the summer, they just get kind of bored. And and this is the only thing they can talk
2: about. Uh, So... Maybe yeah, Chris. It's back to school time, man. No more yeah, fucking around. we the upper game.
0: All right, so uh, listeners, you may be in tune for more uh, juicy episodes. So tune in then. Uh, Picks. Thank you for joining us. Uh, teen pleasure as always. We'll catch you next time. Bye, everyone. See y'all.
2: Yeah.